also Bezrit Hashem. I found a remarkable parak in the Shari Yechud V'Amuna from the Rabbi Aaron Alevi Horovitz, Misash Shala. This is Yud Tes Kislev, 57. Gosh, what year is it? 5782? 5781? What year are we in? 5782. My goodness. <coughs> so, this is the 38th chapter of Shar Anpin, uh, the third Shar. Let's tackle the impossible question of how does a Kaddish Baruch Hu know everything that's going to occur, and yet I have free will. <coughs> Everyone's favorite question. As the Rambam says, that this is an extremely deep question. Uh, this would be a conundrum. If Hashem knows everything that's going to happen in the future, that would include that He knows whether a person is going to be righteous or wicked. But that can't be because we have free will to be righteous or wicked. So how do we resolve this? Many, many tzaddikim give their answer. The Shlach HaKadosh gives his answer. And the, the, the tzaddik here gives his answer that's very similar. But he goes straight for the answer here. If you look closely, he says, in the words of our sages, He says, if you look very carefully, this is very beautiful answer, just gorgeous answer, that there, he, he lights on two places in the words of our sages that it says, not that Hashem knows what is going to happen, although he does, but the, the Chazal are very careful to choose their words. The sages are very careful to choose their words. That it says that Hashem showed to Adam Harishon a picture. He showed him visually all of the generations with their leaders. And it also says in the Pirkei Avot that Hakol Tzafui, that everything is foreseen. Tzafui, foreseen. It doesn't say Hakol Yadua, Hakol Yadaya, but rather everything is foreseen. Now this is going to be an extremely important difference. Again, Akash Baruch knows everything that's going to occur, but in a very specific way, as we'll see. That we've explained that there's a level. There's a level of the spiritual universe. It's called Arichan Pin, the long face, the long, soft face. It's long because it's all inclusive. It's an all inclusive thought. It's a broad, wide, all inclusive thought. Where in every single level of creation, every single process of creation, every single moment of creation is all considered together in an integrated wisdom point. It's extremely expansive and it's a unity. It is the structure, the coma shlemus is the lesson. It's it's an all-encompassing architectural thought of all creation containing the plan for every single move, for every single object and its intention, why it should exist, and how it would contribute to the one project of creation, the one unfolding of the revelation of Hashem's unity through the medium of this universe. 
ומוח דהווה ועתילה נאווה, ומה דהווה ועתילה נאווה, הכל בכוח אחד, המימר אליהו ז"ל, וזרקו שיר שירים שראיתי לאל עד לעברי עלמה, סליק ויגלה אחד ראות הדקרי מחשב סימה, that the אליהו, אליהו הנביא, says in the Zohar, that this is called the מחשב סימה, the hidden thought, ושם יקרו לבהי מחשבה, סתומה, כל מה דהווה ועתילה נאווה, that everything was contained And this one thought, all that was, meaning the energies for all future creation, and all that was to be, everything would emerge out of this one thought, like a hologram emerging from one great code. Now, obviously, at this level, which is the source of the hologram of all future holographic experiences, you can't say that there were literally separate objects there. This is a place of extreme unity. As he's going to say, this is a place before the creation of the world. Where, he and his name were one, and they are still one. But at this level, it's, there's only Hashem. There's only Hashem and the divine energy which is planning all future manifestations. So there are not actually rocks and trees up there. There are not stars and galaxies and angels and different levels of creation over there. It's a thought. It's a preparation for all of these unfoldings. So even though this level of power, this one unified thought, is the ground of energy, is the ground of existence for every particular object, which would eventually spiral out from there, but you can't say that there are actually separate objects there, even though this is their power source even though this is their ground of existence, but they don't exist there in any sort of individuated, separated fashion. That's what this world is for. So he's given an example of this early on in the Sefer, but this is called a Pella. This conundrum right now, where you have the power source of all particular existences all the way down to the tiny little plankton in the ocean, the shilshul katan shabiyam, which is a fascinating phrase, the tiniest little bug in the, in the water, in the ocean. So it's like a little plankton, like the first organisms. It's so interesting, the word shilshul is this, this word for the tiny little oceanic organisms. The word shilshul is from the root of, of Hishtalshalus, of the process by which HaKadosh Baruch Hu extends his light and it chains out and it chains out and it rolls out from the highest levels down to the deepest depths. So the, the word that the Chazal used to describe the most extreme expression of particularity and, and de- degradation into the sense of, of particular and low level is the word Shilshul which means the, the chaining out. That's just interesting. So, 
But the fact that both are true, that on the one hand, at this level of extreme unity of the prefigured thought of all creation, where everything is in its ultimate source and its ultimate beginning spring, where it's completely a unified thought for all future unfoldings. So there's obviously no particular thing there. Yet it's the root of all particular things that is two opposites occurring at once. Similar to, this isn't Hagdama, this is an introduction, I understand. The original question, how can there be two opposite things at once? How can there be free will and divine foreknowledge existing simultaneously? Here we have another conundrum. How can there be that in the root, we have another similar conundrum. How can there be that in the root of all creation, there's this one unified thought that is the source of all particular expressions, and yet there cannot be any particularity there because it's so elevated and high and divine. So there's, it's going to be a, they're going to be related. These, this one paradox reflects on the other paradox. The paradox of free will and divine foreknowledge reflects on the paradox of that the source of all existence contains the energy for all particular items, yet there are no particular items there yet. Um, and this is, he calls as a pella, a wonder. Now the word pella is like the word aleph. Aleph is itself a word. Aleph, Lamed, Pei, if you spell out the word Aleph, which means one, a wondrous oneness, is the same letters as Pella, miracle, or a wonder, Pei, Lamed, Aleph. It's just the letters for Aleph switched around to spell Pella. And the Pella, the wonder, is, is the oneness represented by an Aleph. An Aleph, if you look at the shape of an Aleph, it's a line, a diagonal line, it's a vav going down the middle with a yud up top on the left and a little another little yud down on the right. It's that there's two in one. It's 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 definitely an, an image of this, this this state, and he describes it the way that for an egg to become a chicken is what he says. That what has to happen is is that the egg the yolk. And the white, you know, the, the eggy part, the liquidy part, it has to disappear to make room, to make way for a, a solid little chicken to emerge in the egg. Because, yeah, if there's all liquid taking up this space, so there's no room for the chicken to emerge. But we, so even though the, the yolk disappears and the, and the liquidy egg part disappears, but it doesn't completely disappear. Because why? Because the fact that it, at first it was the, the, the liquidy part of a chicken that, that was going to make a chicken in the future. So it doesn't just disappear. It, it, it leaves a trace. It, leave, it, it leaves an impossible trace where the liquidy part of the egg is completely absent. It has to disappear to make room for the solid chicken. But it's completely present because the memory, the trace of its DNA, of its, of its command to make a chicken and not a hawk, and not a vulture, and not a turkey, and not a fish, you know, in this egg. So it's present and not present, this liquid. It's not present because it physically disappears. It has to make room for the physical chicken. But it's present because what it was, as this is the yolk of a chicken egg and not a hawk egg and not a turkey egg, completely, completely defines 
and controls the formation that this is going to be a chicken and not a different type of bird. And this he, he, this he describes as what's called a wonder, where at the point where, at the exact point where the, where the liquidy part of the egg disappears, right before the chicken emerges from the disappearance of the liquid, at that point, there's both happening at once. At both points, there's a nothingness that is containing everything. There's not yet, the liquid has disappeared, and there's not yet a chicken, so there's this point of nothingness where both are existing at the same time. The, the energy of <clears throat> the, the potential life that the liquid contained, before it becomes a manifest, hard, three-dimensional chicken, at that point, both states are existing at once. This is called a pella. This is called a wonder. And that's a, a, a very, like, very simple muscle, a very simple analogy to understand this level. This level of the divine thought is something like this we're describing, where both noth- nothingness, that there's no particularity, that is yet chock full of everything, the potential of every everything, is existing at once at this level. That's an important analogy to hold on to. So we'll pause the recording here and, t- and pick it up next time. So now as Hashem, we're continuing. So there's this one great thought where everything is existing at the beginning. It's called the Mokshava Simad, the hidden thought by Elijah the prophet in the Zohar Kadosh. As we said, there's this impossibility where it's complete divinity, yet it's included in there in this ethereal way. The possibility for all the creations. And every single generation specifically is considered in this one thought. That Hashem's intention in creating this world was for every particular generation and for every particular within, for every particular individual within every particular generation, because each and every generation and each and every person within each and every generation would have a specific function, a specific way of revealing Hashem's godliness. Everyone has a unique individual way of expressing Hashem, just like the physical body has a unique DNA structure to express a unique person with a unique face. Everyone has a unique face, which is pretty amazing. So everyone has a unique spiritual face, as he's going to explain. Everyone has a unique spiritual imprint of how he reveals the Kaddish Baruch like nobody else. As the Tzadikim say, a person is supposed to say, Bishfili Divra Olam, for me the world was created. Not that I'm the only important person, but that the world was specifically created for me, just like it was specifically created for my friend, and just like it was, expre- uh, it was, it was explicitly created individually j- just for her and for him. Because all of us have a unique way of expressing Hashem, and we're all needed. So the world was... This, the world was created specifically for each individual, just like it was created specifically for every other individual, because everybody plays a unique, critical, essential role in the expression of Hashem. 
Everyone's a, a necessary puzzle piece to the expression of Hashem. So therefore, everyone is necessary in their own way, even though everyone else is completely necessary. Yeah. All the expressions of Hashem are through the actions of people. And here we're saying that Hashem was thinking up all the ways that people would act to express Him. So, it's just very profound to point out that so many tzaddikim are saying the same thing in different ways. And I want to just make a note. This is reflecting similar statements from the Leshem and Biorim as well as similar statements from the Shari Ora and the Sharvav on the Spheres of Gavura. All three are saying that everybody is born with a spiritual DNA. The Leshem says it in Biorim Shartan Teperkei Os Memches. Maybe Os Mem Zayim. And the Shari Ora says it in Sharvav. That, and here he's saying it as well. Everything is created in Bedin. Everybody's created with judgment. It's called the Botsina de Kartanita. Glif Glifa Batarila. Bresh Harmanuta de Malka. Glif Glifa Batarila. That everybody has their mission. Everybody has their the boundaries of their existence, their spiritual DNA. Which it says every every tzaddik has a mandor bifneatsmo. Every tzaddik has their own world. Every tzaddik is the Ramchal says this explicitly in Klach Pitre Chachma. In the in the section on Adam Kadmo. Every tzaddik occupies his own world. And the, the world that the tzaddik occupies is, is an outline of not just his body, but the way that his body u- unites all the worlds in his unique way. So just as the body is a spiritual DNA, which is the plan that unites his body and all of its unfoldings, so he has a broader spiritual DNA, which unites his spiritual Form, which is a template, a blueprint for how the worlds will unfold through his actions to reveal Hashem in his own unique way. And we'll leave it there until the next recording. Bezer Hashem. So we're explaining again that in this one original thought of in this thought is included all 6,000 years of history the potential for all 6,000 years of history and all of its unfoldings and all of its events that ever have played out. In every particular way that they, that the world would express in 6,000 years, the Middle Ages, 2021, and everything in between and everything before and after. But it was all one power, one primordial thought. That was preparing all of these unfoldings. As it says in the Zohar, that before the world was created, the spirits of every tzaddik was hidden and stored away in his thought before him. Every single tzaddik in his image. Every single tzaddik with his own face. Like, what does this mean? 
that the sages say in the Midrash, Hashem took counsel with the souls. He was a Nimlach. He took counsel with the souls of every tzaddik to create the world. Now, obviously, this is not just simple. You can't take these words literally. Why? We're talking about before the creation of the world. So a tzaddik is a creation. The soul of a righteous one is a creation in a world of manifest creation that's, so to speak, outside of HaKadosh Baruch Now, HaKadosh Baruch fills all space. There's not one space empty of Him. But the, 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 the particular soul of a particular righteous person only emerges in a realm of creation where there's an apparent hiddenness of Hashem. Here, we're talking about before the creation of the world. When there was only Hashem alone in his and his divine powers and thoughts and plans, so how can you talk about that there were also these beings, these siddiqim? How can you talk that there was particular souls existing also before the creation of the world? That would be heresy. So what does this mean? You can't take it literally. And the Zohar says that the, the, that the images, with the Siddiquim, with their face, was existing before the creation of the world. How can you say that there was something physical, like a face, God forbid, before the creation of the world? Okay, so what's going on here? Now, we've already explained that, look, from the side of Hashem and His perfection is infinity, you can't say that there are any separate existences by Hashem. Hashem is a simple unity. But at the same time, you also have to say that Hashem is the source of all existence, the source of all power, the source of all particular existences. So while it's true that God forbid to say that by Hashem there's anything complex, there's anything particular, there's anything, there are any parts or definitions or boundaries, but as it's a famous quote from the from the um, Rav Azriali of Gerona that there's a koach agvul Of course, Hashem is the capacity to express boundary from within His infinity. Because if you were to say that he wasn't able to express in bounded ways, then you're taking away from his abilities. And as the Rabbi Rashab famously points out, that it's the power to hold back expression in particular ways, thereby to express boundaries, is in a way a higher, elevated way than just simply expressing 
that I'm free not only to express myself completely, but I'm also free to hold back my expression in particular ways. That's the secret of this world. This whole world emerges from Hashem's free will choice to limit his expression in certain ways and not just only have to express himself perfectly. Unbelievable. He says, you want to know what it means that Hashem took counsel with the tzaddikim to create the world? That the, the tzaddikim are... When we say that Hashem took counsel with the tzaddikim before the creation of the world to create the world... We are saying that the tzaddikim are, in this phrase, are the thoughts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all the future unfoldings of creation. That is a profound statement. Again, the Zohar says that the image of every tzaddik existed before Hashem, before the creation of the world. And the Divrei Chazal say that Hashem took counsel with, quote-unquote, the tzaddikim, with the souls of the tzaddikim to create the world. Here, the Rav, the tzaddik, is, is saying, what does that mean? What do you have to understand what that term means? The quote-unquote tzaddikim, as defined over here in this sec- in these sections of Divrei Chazal, the tzaddikim are the thought of how each and every tzaddik would unite all the worlds in his special way. The tzaddik, quote-unquote, is the spiritual DNA of every tzaddik, which is really nothing less than the thoughts of all future creations that would ever play out, which the thoughts of all future creations which would ever play out are specifically custom-tailored to each and every particular tzaddik. It is the spiritual DNA of every tzaddik. These are the thoughts of the worlds. The worlds don't just exist. The worlds exist because they're coming from the thoughts of Hashem of how every particular tzaddik will unite those worlds in his special way. So this is the, the tzaddik existing before the world. It's Hashem's thought of how each tzaddik would unite all the worlds in his special way. It is the thought of Hashem, of the spiritual DNA of each and every tzaddik which encompasses all worlds in a, in a tremendous, awesome, terrifying idea that all the worlds are tied to us. We don't just end with our bodies. Our bodies are just the tip of the iceberg of an enormous, enormous structure that really comprises our spiritual DNA, which, which spans all the levels, from the highest level to the lowest level. And that the thought of those levels for each and every tzaddik and how those levels would interact and improve and become healthier and fuller of light to the mitzvot of every tzaddik, that was, quote-unquote, the tzaddik that existed before the creation and each and every one of us. Asher b'kocha 
And this is why that Hashem does a tzimtzum. Hashem then hides himself so that this perfect thought, that the way Hashem created me holy, the way Hashem created me in my perfect image, should be hidden from me, that I would have to manifest that image through, through the channels and the step-down processes of all the worlds, that I exist in a perfect way. Hashem has already manifested me perfectly as having united all the worlds through my good deeds and my own particular way. Hashem has already manifested me at the original levels as having already united all the worlds together. That's already happened in a place beyond time. Here we are below the sway of time, as the many, many tzaddikim point out, that's the main function of the tzimtzum is to, is to hide and conceal the future, which is the past, which has always existed, which is eternal, the eternal perfection, where I've already completed. Go eat your bread with joy, because Hashem has already approved your deeds. That's the verse says. And we say in Rosh Hashanah, go eat and drink with joy because Hashem has already approved your deeds. Hashem has already created us perfect in the root. But the tzimtzum, the constriction, conceals where He has already manifested us as perfect in His divine thought. And we have to go make that a reality under the sway of space and time. So that's the whole function of the creation of a world, of a creation. A creation is a space where we have the opportunity to manifest the perfection under the image of which we have already been created. Hashem has already made us perfect in His, in his image, and His thought. He's already imagined each and every one of us is already having completely manifested not just success in this world, but success in uniting all the worlds. I mean, this is an awesome concept. And here we are now making that a reality. And we have to know that when we succeed and we do mitzvot down here in the physical world, what we're really doing is we're uniting all the different facets of our spiritual DNA. We are uniting all the different worlds that we've already been created. We, Hashem already constructed each and every one of us as a conglomeration of endless worlds that unite into a perfection. And now we're here actually putting those worlds back together. It's, it's profound. It's extremely profound. It's, it, it would take our breath away. If we were to see this, you know, we couldn't stay in our bodies and it would be over. So Hashem doesn't let us see this because we would faint and die, God forbid. I'd be at a stream until 120. You know, you, you can't handle this. Moshe says, let me see your face. Moshe asks Hashem, I want to see your face. Hashem says, you can't see my face and live. If you were to see the, my face, means if you were to see this, you would die. You can't, even Moshe Rabbeinu would not be able to stay in his body and see the reality of what's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs>
בדיוק נהון דהיינו כוח התחברותם בכל פרט וכוח המכינס של כל אחד ואחד. So what does it mean that the image of every tzaddik was placed before Hashem and he looked at the image of every tzaddik before the creation of the world? The image, the face of every tzaddik is the, is the image, the spiritual image, this awesome, terrifying spiritual image of how every tzaddik has already, in the thought of Hashem, united all the universes together in a complete perfection of the expression of Hashem. That's the picture of every tzaddik. It's, it's a thought that Hashem has had of every single particular tzaddik of how he has, in his own particular unique way, united all the universes and the myriad worlds together to express Hashem. And the function of being born into this world, you're born against your will, because you wouldn't want to leave such a realm. But it's for our best, because now we get to put those worlds together. And when a person says a bracha, a person reads Torah, a person does a mitzvah, puts on tefillin every morning, keeps Shabbos, eats kosher, he has to understand that there are endless worlds that he is uniting in those actions. He has to understand that he is doing something tremendous. He is, he is taking that image, that, that holographic base point where he's created in perfection and he's actually manifesting that out into created worlds of time and space and he's making that a reality when he puts on tefillin he's doing an action and that action is traveling down through endless worlds and uniting those worlds through his action tying them together like stringing them together and he gets to do this over and over every day that the tzaddikim they did not want to die because they wanted to be in this world because in this world you could do mitzvot that the Vilna Gaon he was sobbing right before he was going to die, not because, not because he was afraid to die. He knew that he was the most tremendous tzaddik because he didn't get to wear tzitzis. As when you go to a funeral, you're, not, you're supposed to tuck in your tzitzis because the, 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 the ones who are niftar, even though they are enjoying, the ones who have passed on, even though they are enjoying endless bliss, endless reward, endless rest, endless manucha, but they don't get to put on tzitzis. They don't get to do the simplest thing of wearing a baget with tzitzis, of wearing a piece of clothing with tzitzis. To do a physical mitzvah in the physical world is the most tremendous thing because you're, you're actively uniting worlds. And that cannot be done after we pass on. So it's a, it's a, it's a isorus, it's an inspiration to not take one moment of this life for granted to realize what we're doing. We're doing this, is, this is the main show. This is the, this is the main event is our life in the physical world. The Yetzirah distracts us, gets us tied up with worries, with financial worries, competition, you know, this, that. This, this is Narishkeit because this is stupidity. We need to actually understand what's happening. We are presently all the time doing enormous actions, enormous, enormous actions that are literally uniting worlds. It's, uh, and it should not be taken for granted. Yeah. So everyone has a spe- every tzaddik has a special face in the thought of Hashem because everyone has a special spiritual unique way that Akkadus Baruch already thought him up as uniting the worlds. This is the image of everyone. The image is how Hashem has imagined him as having already united all the worlds in his particular way. I call the Koch Machshavazosh Vikinus Pelakanal. Shiu Kol Kochos 
so Hashem created us in this perfect realm in this image of, of us having already united all the worlds in our special unique way but then he hides himself in, and manifests us into a world of separation into a world of good and bad into a world of, of temptations such that we would be responsible for not directly accessing this perfection that is our root, and we would have to choose and struggle to choose correctly that by choosing the mitzvah and by avoiding the sin, that means that in every choice we choose correctly and we, and we push away the bad, what we're really doing is we're choosing life, which means we're choosing to manifest the way Hashem has already painted us, has already drawn us in the image of our perfection. Each time we make the right choice, we take a step forward in the right direction, we're etching out, we're eking out, we're, we're unfolding out into three dimensions, another facet, another parcel of this perfection, of this perfect picture that Hashem has already imagined us as. Every time we step towards a mitzvah and step away from a sin, we just unfold another piece of ourselves, another piece of the ground of our perfection that Hashem has already thought of, we go out and we step forward and we step in the right way. We step forward in the right direction. We follow the halacha, which means to walk, which means to go, which means to step forward into manifestation correctly. Halacha means to walk forward into correct manifestation. When we make those choices, we just unfold another piece of our perfect picture. Until next time, I mean. So now we're continuing in this beautiful piece. So now the question is, if in this original thought is the thought of all future unfoldings, well, that would mean that in this that bad things happen in this world. So, how can you say that Hashem thought that there should be bad, if this original thought is the thought of all future creations? Then, how could there be any room for the future bad that we see unfolding all around us? Why would Hashem think up bad? So, we're going to have to explain that now. Yeah. Because it's not that Hashem wants bad, but rather Hashem has chosen that all the perfect things that He has desired and wanted for us to experience and manifest in our life, He has wanted and chosen that those should not automatically unfold into our life. So His choice to hold back the expression of perfection that is the root of all reality, that choice to hold back 
is a temporary concealment of what's already real, what's already perfect. It's a temporary concealment of this perfection. And in the, vac- in the vacated space whereby the perfect ground of reality, that which is already true, the perfection that already exists, is not yet revealing to us, in that vacated waiting, in that temporary absence, that is where evil can fester. Now this is a profound, profound. And this is very, very explicit and gorgeously brought forth in the Peace Hesharim. That the Peace Hesharim says, and he's the, the Tzadik Rav Aaron Levi is also expressing in his way that evil is like a valley and good is like a mountain. And Yeshayahu says that every valley will become a mountain. Everything will become straight. All the d- deep places will be filled in by all the, the expressions that evil is just a space that is absent of the good. And what happens is we have to draw the good down. T- tov, the word tov, the word good, comes from lahatava etanerot, to light up the candles means to draw down yesh, to draw down the existence of perfection, that true yesh, true true reality, actual existence is only good. But what happens is, is that we're manifest in a, in a realm, uh, alma de shikra, an upside-down world. A world, it's called an upside-down world because it's it's a world that begins as a as the inverse of good. The evil is the, the, the inside-out of good. The evil is, the, is a precise outline of immaturity of spiritual maturity where there's a real spiritual maturation that has already existed in a higher level but it hasn't been manifest into a realm of immaturity and the realm of spiritual maturity the realm of lack is in the exact inverse outline in the exact opposite shape of the good that is to be brought forth into it and obviously this needs to be okay so we have a person who needs to grow up and to be an adult Stam, in, in just the physical world, a person is born as a little baby and grows into an adult. It's only possible to watch somebody grow, just in the physical sense. It's only possible to watch somebody grow because he starts out as a tiny infant. And even smaller, he starts out as a single cell and becomes an embryo. It's only possible to watch growth, to observe growth, because the person begins in such a low state, in such an undeveloped state. It's only possible to watch the unfolding of growth because the unfolding of growth happens in the context that he starts undeveloped. The starting undeveloped is what we call evil. Not that a child is evil, but evil in the sense of not completely manifested, still in the works. As we know, Yetzahara, there's a reason that it's called the Yetzar HaTov and the Yetzahara, the good inclination, the evil inclination. They both share the word Yetzer. Yetzer means to form, means to develop. It's only possible to develop in good if it takes place in the context of not being fully developed. The context of not being fully developed is what we call ra, is what we call evil. So, and the word ra, we have to know, is the same letters as air, to be awake. If we're awake to this, if we're awake to this reality, that there is no evil, this is, this is the most beautiful thing. This is how you reverse evil. If you simply know that evil is just the context within which you're guaranteed to manifest, 
If you just understand that negativity is just the way that you can only become an adult and grow because you started out as a, as a tiny infant. If you, that's being awake. Being awake means seeing evil is not really evil. Being awake means that it's not evil. It's just the... It's just the place where in which I have to push it away to to grow and push forth and grow like a like a caterpillar in a cocoon. If you if you just see it as this evil is just for me to push it away, and by pushing it away, I unfold another spiritual limb of my expression. If you just see evil that way, you're already awake, and you're, you're you've woken up from the dream, and there's and there's no more bad anymore. Of course, you're not supposed to do evil. To do evil is 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 like to try to go back into an immature state. We don't want to do that. It's a very beautiful point. Yeah. Good means to take the 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 state of being folded in and not manifesting my spiritual perfection, and to to force it to push out you know it's it's very it's very critical but when they describe that sits the 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 four the kohen gadol wears a wears a, a plate over his forehead uh uh what's that sits i forget what it is in english like a like a he wears like a gold like a gold a piece of gold on his forehead it says kodesh Hashem. I'm holy to Hashem on his forehead because the forehead is the seat of will. The forehead is the seat of executive functioning. The forehead is the place where I have a desire and in my forehead, in the front of my mind, and we know in, in, in neurology that the, the front of the brain is where executive functioning happens, where plans and desires and a person's free will is happening. Right there, they take a, 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 sh- a solid sheet of gold and they, and they strike the letters, holy to Hashem, Pushing from the back of it that it should be bolate out. It should be bulging out from the back to the front. They take, they hammer the letters on the back side of the of the of the gold, and they and they make bulge forth from the back to the front. The letters holy to Hashem. This bulging out, this manifesting, this pushing from in to out. That's the expression of good in the place of the forehead, in the place of the executive functioning, in the place of desire. Good is is flipping bad around. Bad is like before the letters have been pushed out. Bad is where it's the 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 words holy to Hashem are possible in that sheet of gold. But the the evil is just what hides it. Good means to push it out, make it bulge forth, make the good bulge forth from the seed of bad, where the bad was just concealing it. Good means to to force the bad itself to bulge forth to express. Holiness. That's why the Baal Shem Tov says that the idea is to make evil the throne for good, to make evil subservient to good, to, to, to force the good to bulge forth into the material of evil, which was concealing it, and make it shine good. Yeah. Now we understand that this, now we begin to understand how can Hashem know everything that is going to occur and yet give over free will. When we, say, we don't say, even though Hashem knows what's going to occur, but we, we're, we're focusing on the called Safoy, that everything is foreseen, means Hashem is already foreseen. He's already imagined, so to speak. He's already 
thought up in an image, in a form, all the ways that we would express goodness by forcing good to bulge out and, and mold evil into the shape of good, to mold hiddenness and lack of development into the shape of development and maturation. Bechira lies in the realm where we have to choose at every moment, are we going to take that moment and manifest the good manifestation that Hashem designed us to ideally do? As I've pointed out before, I noticed the word Bechira etymologically shares the linguistic connection to to um, um, Chibor. Bechira, choice, is also like Chibor. The same letters as Chibor. Chibor means a connection. A connection. Because Bechira means, are you going to connect the worlds together? Are you going to connect the highest worlds and force them to connect and, and compound all the way down to the lowest worlds where the good is, is heretofore here hidden? Are you going to force them to connect to stamp another shape of goodness into the creation to connect them to Chibor? Or, God forbid, a person can choose the negative and create a, the same letters as Chorban, a Charev, to destroy God forbid, to disconnect all the levels of goodness that Hashem has imagined as already connecting. And God forbid a person sins, he, he destroys those connections, God forbid. Or in a positive sense, he avoids connecting to something bad and destroys any potential connection to something not good. So tshuva is so great that tshuva, if a person messes up and fails temporarily to express certain facets of his beautiful soul, which is a picture of perfection, which existed before the creation of the world, a picture of perfectly uniting the worlds, which is a divine intention for every moment for him. And he fails to manifest in that moment. He fails to live up to his potential in that moment. So he does tshuva. And tshuva means he, look, at the end of the day, this, it's Hashem's world. So if Hashem so chooses, he can say, okay, I'm not, at the end of the day, the point of tshuva is to say there's really only God. So, so, I'm not so all-powerful that through my mistake, I can actually eternally mess up this world. The point of tshuva is to humbly, in my opinion, the point of tshuva is the ultimate humble recognition that this is not my world, to the, to the point that I don't have the ultimate say that this world should be messed up. So if I do tshuva, I'm admitting that Hashem, even though I made a mess up, it's your world and you can fix the mess up. That's really, it's so deep, but... That it's, it's so important. That's why tshuva is one of the main things that existed before this world was created. Because Hashem existed before this world was created. And it's Hashem's world. And if he so chooses, even though, I mess, even though a person makes a mistake and fails in different points in his life to manifest properly, so it's not my world. It's not my say that if I messed up, if a person messed up three months ago, two years ago, that it should have a per- permanent stain on this creation. <clears throat> not so. It's his world. So if I, if a person says sorry, 
and apologizes to Hashem. So it's his world. He can make it better. So. Yeah. This is what the rabbis say in Pirkei Abbas, that a cult safoi. Everything was foreseen. Yes, everything was known, but more important to say everything was foreseen by Hashem. That everything was foreseen before Hashem, all the per- perfection all the ways in each and every particular soul of every particular tzaddik, v'hamech kulam tzaddikim, le'olam yirshu eretz, neter mata'ay li'pa'erbo, every single Jewish soul, every single Israeli soul, is a tzaddik, and we are his, he is his first plantings, his first thought, was to manifest us, to manifest the fruit of his souls, that the worlds would produce fruit, the worlds produce fruit. What's the fruit that the worlds produce? Us in our perfect spiritual manifestation. And Hashem had already imagined that perfect manifestation before we would have to go out and make it a reality. Yeah. And he imagined it perfect. But, the Pirkei Abbas says, but Rashut is given. Free will is given. A domain. Rashut means a domain. Hashem gives over a domain. He puts us in a domain where, yes, we are created perfect in the, in the root of our creation. We have been created as having already united all the worlds in a perfect ways. But then we're placed out into a domain where we have Rashus, where we have, we have permission. We have a permission in a domain to go and act certain ways. And now that there's this, this is now fascinating. Now that there is this domain of free will where we can walk this way and that way, and we have free will, we have free range. That means that it's not just like a black and white world where you do the perfect thing or you do the completely evil thing. Now there's a great spectrum of, as the rabbi is saying here, pneumius and chitonius. A person could aim for the most internal perfect thing he could do in every moment, but there's a spectrum. That's the brilliance of this. This image of who we are, of having perfectly united all the worlds, there's a lot of wiggle room in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of choice involved in it. There's many different pathways. Hashem imagined each and every one of us in our perfect ideal image, in the perfect ideal way that at every moment we would unite the world. But within that perfection, there's a lot of spectrum of, of possibilities. A person could say Kiddush on Friday night. Hashem imagined that on this particular Kiddush, on this particular Friday night, he would say it so perfectly Hashem also imagined this person, uh, he imagined the, 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 but he also chooses to create, to hold back that perfect Friday night Kiddush in so many gradations of hiddenness. 
Hashem imagined the perfect Kiddush of, of a particular Friday night, a perfect blessing on the wine Friday night of a particular Friday night. But then he also has many, many step-down processes of hiddenness through the worlds of creation. Of, 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 and a person then has the choice, how perfectly do I want to make my Kiddush? How strong do I want my Friday night Kiddush to be? If it's as strong as possible, I'm basically uniting with the ideal way that that Kiddush was imagined. If not, it's not, not a Kiddush. It's not like I'm going driving to a baseball game. It's not like I'm going and robbing a bank on Friday night. But it's not, I'm making Kiddush, but it's not like with such Kavana. It's not so perfect. That means that the Rashus Natuna, that there's free will given. I have free will. How strong, how focused do I want to be on this Kiddush? How, that's, really, that's really where there's a space for a world, is how strongly do I want to bring down the signal of the perfection which is at my root? That is where we experience the interesting, dynamic world that's full of different options. But even if that Kiddush wasn't absolutely perfect, and it's going to have to be because it's my job to manifest, and it's each one of our jobs to manifest all those perfect points, Hashem has other ways to, to make sure that it's manifested. Okay, until next time. Hashem.